Hi, this is David and Barbie Cooper. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's always a privilege to share this time with you. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. And for more information and resources to help you grow in your walk with the Lord, go to malparent.com. Thank you for your generous support. It helps the ministry greatly. Today, we're going to talk about keeping our focus. The writer of Hebrews talks to us about the importance of focusing our faith and our life on the things that are most important. The ability to keep our focus on our goals is a key to success. It's easy for all of us to get distracted by obstacles, temptations, and even setbacks. When it comes to the matter of our faith in God, it's also important for us to keep our faith focused on Him. Now, faith always has an object that it's focused on. In other words, we believe in something or in someone. The object of faith as Christians is Jesus Christ Himself. The writer of Hebrews challenges us to keep our focus on Christ. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3 begins with the principle of focusing our faith on the right object. The Christian faith is a faith focused on the person and work of Jesus. Sometimes people just say, I'm a person of faith. But the question is, faith in what? Faith in who? So the scripture says here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, that we should fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. The King James says the author, the finisher of our faith. He pioneered our faith. He's the beginning point of our faith. He's the perfecter. He's the one that develops our faith, completes our faith. Now, the word fix here means to securely put your focus on Jesus and keep it there. You know, when we get distracted, we're looking at something, and the next thing you know, we look off from it. In driving, for example, keeping our focus is so important. I remember my father taught me how to drive. I can remember where we were on the road. It was in an industrial park near where I grew up, where there was a lot of traffic. And he kept saying, watch the road, watch the road. I'd get distracted by looking at the lines or the curb. And that became a metaphor of life. I learned to watch the road, pay attention to where you're going. And that's what this word fix means, not to look around, not to get distracted driving a car. It's true about life too. You'll have a wreck if you look around in a car and you'll have a wreck with your life. If you get distracted. So he says, fix your eyes, focus your focus of faith and keep it there. Don't get distracted. So we believe in a person. The Christian life is a faith based on a person, not just a set of principles or religion. We believe in the person of Jesus himself, not merely a set of religious concepts or principles. We believe in Christ himself, not just a creed. Now, some people just repeat a creed a religious creed, and that's fine, but that's not what faith is about. That's not what the Christian faith is about. It is a faith in the person of Jesus, the Son of God. So we learn here, fix your eyes on Jesus, not on the church. The church is imperfect. It's God's gift. It's the body of Christ, but it's made up of sinners saved by grace. Our faith is not focused on the church. It's not focused on ministers, as great as ministers are and spiritual leaders. They're imperfect. We focus our faith on the person of Jesus. He never changes. We trust Jesus who starts our journey of faith and is faithful to finish it or perfect his saving work of grace that begins when we're born again. And that's why he calls Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. When we become a Christian, 
We put our faith in Jesus. And the reason we do that is because Jesus comes to us. He's the one who saves us. He's the one seeking for us. He's the shepherd that leaves the 99 sheep and goes finds the lost one. And sometimes we say, I found the Lord. But the fact of the matter is the Lord's never been lost. We're the ones who are spiritually lost. Think about that. You're saved because Christ came to you. He called you. He put his hand upon you. In Philippians 3, Paul talks about pressing on for that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Remember how Jesus appeared to Saul of Tarsus on the Damascus road and a vision and called him. And that became the beginning point of the faith of Paul the apostle because Jesus appeared to him. And if you think about it, all of us are Christians because the Lord arranged some time, some conversation, some worship service. And in that service, in that experience, in that conversation, Christ came to us. We heard the gospel. So Jesus is the beginning of your faith. He's the pioneer. He created the faith in you. And it's important to realize that everything is of the grace of the work of God. And he's the perfecter of our faith. Now, sometimes we feel like in our Christian life, we all make mistakes. Sometimes we set goals, we fall short. But you see, Philippians 1 and 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he, God, who started a good work in you, Jesus, who started a good work in you, will carry it on to completion. Well, that's the same word, the perfecter, the finisher. So Jesus starts our faith. He saved us and he has the power to keep us. He's going to finish. Even if you make the mistakes and we all fall short and you blow it every now and again, God doesn't give up. Jesus doesn't stop working in your life. And when you focus on that, you'll have tremendous assurance. If you don't focus on that, if you focus on your own religious and spiritual performance, you're going to see all your faults and failures and you're going to get discouraged. But if you focus your faith on Jesus that he's the one who saved you and he's the one that'll keep you, it'll give you great assurance in your relationship with God so that your faith is founded on his faithfulness, not a perfect performance on your behalf. So we need to focus our faith on the person of Jesus and realize He started our faith. He sought us out and he is going to finish the good work he started in us. And then the scripture tells us here that we need to emulate Jesus' example, not just focus our faith on him, that he gives us an example of life that we need to emulate. Now, the writer of Hebrews continues, for the joy set before him, Jesus, that is, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is one of my favorite scriptures that means a lot to me personally. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You see, joy gives us the ability to endure. Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that was given by Ezra, the scribe, the man of God, leading a revival service when the people were kind of discouraged about the failure that the nation had been through. They'd come out of the Babylonian exile. And he knew that when people get depressed and discouraged, they lose their energy. But he says, joy gives you the ability to endure. When you are happy, when you're joyful, you can get through anything. But when you're sad and depressed or you get discouraged or down, it's like all the energy leaves your body and mind and emotions. So Jesus was able to even endure the cross because of the joy. You see, that's almost impossible to believe it. Even in his sufferings, well, he found no joy in the suffering. One can only imagine the pain that he endures and the trial and the scourge and the crown of thorns and giving his life on the cross. And yet there was a joy that was set before him. 
as we're talking about focusing on something in front of you, what was the joy set before him? He could see past the cross and the resurrection, the salvation of the world. He could see you and me coming into the kingdom of God. And because of the joy set before him, because he was focused on the goal, he endured the process, the cross. He endured the cross for our salvation. Why? Because he found joy even in the suffering. The suffering didn't give him the joy, but the joy knowing that his suffering was going to redeem the world and atone for the sins of the world. That joy set before him enabled him to endure the cross. And there are times in our own Christian journey. That's why the writer of Hebrews is writing this to those early Christians who were going through suffering. They were being persecuted by the Roman government. How are they going to get through it? How are they going to keep their faith? How are they going to make it through persecution? Believers around the world today are going through persecution. How are they going to make it through that? Through the joy set before them. When you and I endure suffering, we become a witness to others. You and I are here today. We can be faithful to Christ. Think about the people who've lived before us, who endured so much for the cause of Christ. They didn't give up. They didn't quit. They kept building churches. They kept preaching. They kept worshiping. They kept sending missionaries. And today the church thrives in victory because of faithful men and women and young people who endured the cross, who endured the difficulty in the moment because they had a greater joy. They knew that their commitment to Christ was going to change the world. And so it is with us today, even though we live in challenging times, we can't get discouraged by the things going on in the world today. And for those of us in America, seeing some of the things that we're dealing with and in every country in the world where you're watching, you're dealing with political changes and economic changes and sometimes persecution you can't get discouraged by that, and you can't get down by that. You've got to realize God put us here now for this season. We need to endure this. We're going to get through this. There's a greater purpose for which we're living. And when you have that joy of serving the greater purpose of the kingdom of God and the gospel, you can get through anything. If you're going through your own personal cross, your own personal suffering, don't despair in that. As difficult as it may be, as frightening as it may be, Keep your joy set on the promises of God. Don't get distracted by the problem. Focus on the promise of God. The problem is going to pass over time. The promise remains. God is faithful to you. God is going to get you through the cross you're enduring right now. So the joy comes and looking at the promises of God. Get your Bible open and find the promises of God. Let the Holy Spirit give you a promise and that'll bring you joy and say, you know, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through it as a family. We're going to get through it as a church. We're going to get through this. God is faithful to us. So we should emulate that example of Jesus that even carrying the cross and dying for the sins of the world, he got through it because of the joy set before him. The joy was our eternal salvation. And you and I can emulate that same example when we're having to bear the cross we too can find the joy of the promises of God and focus our faith there. And that will give us the joy and the strength to get through the problem. Problems come and go. They're difficult. I'm not minimizing them, but the promises of God remain. The promises of God are yes and amen. That means they're yes, they're confident, and the amen is spoken by us. That's the word of agreement. We believe the promises of God. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. That is the joy that if you put that in front of you and focus on the promise, it'll get you through the problem. And then the writer of Hebrews tells us when we're going through some challenging times, how do we keep our faith focused and not get distracted? He says, keep your courage. He says, consider him, consider Jesus. I love that one phrase right there. 
I preached an entire sermon called Consider Him. What a, what a life-changing experience is when people just stop and consider Jesus, who He is and what He has done for us and what He promises. So He says to believers, when you're going through difficult times, consider Him, consider Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners. Those are the ones who crucified Him, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider what Jesus did for us. Consider the rejection He went through. Think about the false accusations. A lot of that's going around these days on social media. People get on social media and can criticize you and create all kind of false narratives about us. People get so hurt sometimes by things people say about them that aren't even true. And Jesus went through that. They hurled insults at him. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21 through 23 tells us they hurled insults at him, but it said he opened not his mouth. They falsely accuse him. Some of the religious leaders that got Pilate to finally interrogate Jesus, they brought false witnesses in and convinced them to make up stories about Jesus that weren't true. And yet, he opened not his mouth. He took it. He endured it. Consider him when you're going through ridicule and difficulty when you're treated unfairly, instead of lashing out. He entrusted himself to God, who judges justly. First Peter chapter 2, verse 23 and 24 tells us, and in your situation where you're, maybe you're treated unfairly like he was, maybe you are the object of false accusation at work. Maybe your family, maybe somebody's mad at you, lying about you. They lied about Jesus but he entrusted himself to one who judges justly. He showed us you can trust yourself to God even in the most difficult moment. Trust God and God will bring you through victoriously. And even our Lord Jesus, after three days, experienced a resurrection. And you may feel like right now you're going through a cross-bearing experience. You trust God with your situation. Don't try to fight all those battles yourself. God's got a resurrection coming for you, a new beginning, a new start. Consider him today. Consider Jesus' faith and commitment and devotion. He endured opposition from sinners. He got through it and you can get through it following his example. And if you'll consider him and act like he acted in it, you won't grow weary through the process and you won't lose heart. That means get discouraged, lose your confidence. Emulate Jesus, handle suffering the way he handled it and you'll get through it victoriously. If you keep your faith on Jesus, you won't grow weary. You won't give up. Victory never belongs to quitters. It only belongs to the people that endure to the very ends. So don't grow weary. You know, Isaiah 40, 31 reminds us, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You don't have to grow weary. You don't have to quit. Jesus never quit. Consider him. Emulate him and don't lose heart. Heart is courage. Heart is confidence. David said in Psalm 27, 13 and 14, I would have fainted, means I would have given up completely. Had I not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What do you believe you're going to see at the end of the difficulty you're going through? You're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means this side of heaven now in this experience, in this life. And then verse 14 of Psalm 27, he says, wait on the Lord, I say, 
Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. And he repeats it. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Trust him, wait on him, put your hope in him. Wait, that's what that means. Put your confidence in him. You won't grow weary. You won't lose heart. If some of you today are tired of the battle you're going through, if you too have been suffering opposition from sinful people with sinful motives that want to hurt you in some way, Entrust your situation to God today. Like Jesus, keep your faith. Focus on the promises of God. Let the joy of the promise of God, knowing that you're going to get through this season, God's got a new season for you. It'll keep you from growing weary and losing heart today. Don't grow weary. Decide, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to get through this. Keep your courage. Keep your confidence. You'll see the goodness of the Lord in your life as well. Keep your focus. That's the message for today. Join me for prayer. Lord, today we thank you for the promises of the word. Lord Jesus, we praise you that you endured the cross for our salvation. Today, Lord, we consider your commitment to us that we might draw strength to endure anything right now that we may be facing because we know that through it, you have a great promise for us. Bless your people today. Strengthen them. I pray that those that feel like quitting today have new strength to say, I'm not quitting. I'm going to get through this by the grace of God. Bless them in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. What a great day we've experienced in learning from the Word of God. Dig Deep is a great Bible study every week. I hope that you'll encourage your family and friends to subscribe, to watch. Make sure you download the Mount Parent app. Follow me on social media in the Mount Perry Ministries. Let's stay connected. Go to Pastor David Cooper YouTube channel. Make sure you hit subscribe. Get as many people as you can to subscribe. It helps build the media outreach and it provides a tremendous blessing for everyone as well who hears the word of God. 15 minutes every week that'll change our life in the word of God. Sunday's gonna be a great day. I'm looking forward to see you in church on campus or online. Thank you for your gracious, generous support of the Mount Perry Ministries. God bless you. Have a great day. I trust the message has been an encouragement to you today. Remember to follow us on social media and connect with us at mountperrin.com. I'll see you right here next week for a fresh message from God's Word.